Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey, boxing fans. This is Jenna J, and I'm welcoming you to the 231st edition of On the Ropes Boxing Radio. And I have a fantastic show in store for you guys this week. I'll be joined by three guests. I'll be joined a little bit later on the show by seven-time trainer of the year and Hall of Famer, Freddie Roach. That's right, the trainer of Manny Pacquiao will be on the show to discuss the Mayweather versus Pacquiao fight and how Manny Pacquiao is looking so far in camp. I will also have on a debuting guest, a young rising talent in Tony Harrison, who is recently coming off a win over Antoine Smith. I'll have him on to discuss his future. But to open up this week's show, as I often like to do, I'm starting things with a guest, and not just any guest, but a guy that is rising up the pound-for-pound ranks, a guy that got a lot of attention in 2014. He was many people's fighter of the year. I'm joined by former WBO lightweight champion, Terrence Crawford. How's it going today, Terrence? How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Happy to once again have you on the show, and Terrence, let's uh, kick things right off with what you have coming up next, and that is on April 18th, you'll be facing Thomas DeLorme. You'll be fighting for the vacant WBO 140-pound belt. How do you feel about moving up in weight to challenge for another title? Well, I feel great. I'm, you know, very exciting um, to move up to 140 and, you know, display my talent at another weight class. I know. What was the, the major reason for moving up in weight? Well, the major reason was, you know, I just felt like it was just time to move up. You know, I've been at that weight since I was, what, 17, and I just felt like, you know, there's better, bigger and better opportunities for me at 140. I know. What strengths do you think you get from moving up to 140 pounds? Do you think you'll be stronger not having to cut the weight to make 135? Well, yeah, of course I'm going to be stronger, you know, being that I don't have to cut as much muscle mass off of me, and I can be a little more, you know, uh, physical in the ring. So I feel like it's going to suit me best. How happy are you that you're getting a world title shot in your first fight back at 140 pounds? Well, I'm very happy, you know. This was something that, you know, was in the makings before we were thought about going up to 140. We want the biggest and the best, you know, um, fighters out there to um, to fight, basically. You know, we don't want to go take a step backwards. We want to stay on the top. All right, now what do you think about your opponent, Thomas Delorme? Well, you know, there's a lot to think about. You know, he's tall, he's rangy. He's uh, got a good jab, good one tool. You know, he punched pretty hard. You know, but it's not my, really my job to say what he do he does well is my job to say what I'm gonna do and how I'm gonna go in there and get the job done. Okay, now the fight is gonna be in Arlington, Texas, uh, not where you fought your last two times, your hometown of Omaha, Nebraska. How do you feel about moving somewhere different for a fight? 
Well, this is not the first time that I didn't fall away from home, so I'm real cool with it. I'm excited about going back to Texas to fight, and I'm looking forward to putting on a spectacular show again. And now your fight is actually part of a dual site doubleheader. As the same night, you'll see Ruslan Pavodnikov versus Lucas Matisse. And that fight actually kind of plays into your picture because they'll be highly ranked and be available for a shot at the belts if you win it. Um, curious what you think of that fight. Well, that's going to be a very exciting fight. You know, I feel like both of those fighter styles add up to a very exciting fight from April 18th. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it as much as everybody else. All right, now, who do you favor in that fight? Two sluggers, two guys that won't step back. Who you got? Well, being that, uh, hmm, I'm going to have to go with Pavatnikov because being that Lucas Matisse seems like he, he can be hurt, you know, and dropped. I just feel like, you know, he got the best, the more skills in the fight. He throws his punches shorter. You know, he's got the boxing ability. But Pavatnikov shows that he can, you know, make you fight his fight. And I feel like if he lands some of them hard thudding shots, he's going to hurt Lucas Matisse. And, you know, um, he just showed that he can be hurt. Well, Terrence, with this fight that you have coming up, the WBO belt is vacant because Chris Algieri was stripped of it due to the fact he was fighting Manny Pacquiao. And now the winner of this fight is going to be mandated to fight him how do you feel that you have uh, mandatory as soon as you win it? Well, that's just part of the game. You know, you just got to roll with the punches. You know, I'm not worried about him right now. You know, my main focus is on Thomas Delorme, and then after that, then we'll focus on the next opponent. Uh, well, you know, you're in this weight class, 140 pounds, and it's completely stacked, Terrence. If you're going to be in a weight class, you want to be in a glamour division. This is definitely one of them. There are so many champions, so many good fighters. I'm curious, what do you think of the guys that are top the weight class? You know, the Danny Garcias, Lamont Petersons. What do you think of those guys? Oh, those guys, those great fighters, too. You know, um, both of them got a fight coming up against one another. You know, that's going to be a great fight. But far as, you know, like I said, thinking about other fighters, that's not on my agenda right now because my main focus is on Thomas Delorme. But I'm... I know it's going to be a chance, you know, where my name can be brought up in the mix of fighting one of those guys, and when that time comes, then I'll speak on it. All right. Well, Terrence, seeing as you are fighting Thomas Delorme, what do you think, I know you don't want to say, you know, you're only thinking about yourself, but what do you think are his biggest strengths that he brings into the ring? Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it can be, be one thing, it can be another being that, you know, um, Styles makes fights. He might fight me a different way than he fought the next opponent, I mean the previous opponent. So, you know, come April 18th, then we're going to see what's his strength and what's his weaknesses. Uh, well, when it comes to you, we never know how you're going to fight, Terrence. Some nights you're southpaw. Some nights you're an orthodox fighter. You know, you mix it up either or. What's it like for you, you know, to be in the ring there and actually not know how you're going to fight a guy until you really get in there? Well, it was just about adjustment, making the right adjustments. You know, I was always taught on making adjustments when you get in the ring because you can go in there with one game plan or two game plans, and when those game plans fail and they don't come through, then you got to make another adjustment to make it right. 
and that's what I was schooled on, and that's what I been taught to do, and that's what I plan on doing come April 18th. Well, Terrence, when it comes to you, a lot of people have you in the top 15 pound for pound talk. What does it mean to you to be thought of, you know, in that light, that, you know, a guy that could be one of the great stars to continue on the sport? Well, it means a lot. You know, that means that, you know, all my hard work is truly paying off. And I just got to thank God for blessing me with the talent and the ability to do what I love to do, and that's box. All right, well, Terrence, I got a few more questions before I let you off the phone. And May 2nd, there's a really big fight that's going to happen, Mayweather versus Pacquiao. I'm just curious, not just as a boxer, but as a fight fan, how excited are you to see that fight? Oh, very exciting, being that it's a long time awaiting, you know, and I just felt like the fight should have been happening. But as long as it's happened, then that's all that matters. And I feel like Mayweather is going to have the edge in this fight. Why do you think he has the edge over Pacquiao? Because I feel like, you know, his jab and his straight punches down the pipe is going to frustrate Pacquiao. Pacquiao is going to come in jumping in with a lot of uh, flurry like punches. That's why he's just going to time him and catch him coming in. Now, you said that should have happened a long time ago. Do you think the fight would play out any differently if it did? Well, maybe because both of them was, you know, more in their primes. You know, both of them slowed down a little bit. I feel like, you know, um, they 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 had to last at the, at the road. You know, if they would have fought, you know, five years ago or four years ago, yeah, who knows how the fight would have played out. Oh, Terrence, um, with boxing now, it's in the news every day because of a certain influential advisor who's been buying up all sorts of TV dates. You know, boxing's on NBC, CBS, Spike Channel. It's going to be on ESPN2 Friday Night Fights. I'm just curious, even though you're not directly involved in that, um, what do you think about the growth of the sport that it's getting out to all these other outlets? Well, I just feel like, you know, it's bringing boxing back in a tremendous way, being that it's on regular TV and you don't have to pay for HBO or Showtime to see boxing. You know, I feel like it's a... Um, it's a great move for the sport, but at the same time, a lot of fighting fans want to see the best fight the best, and that's not what's being given on those networks, but at the same time, I feel it's good for the sport and for the fighters. Terrence, back to your fight with Thomas DeLorme. How do you expect that fight to play out from the opening bell to finish? Oh, I expect it to uh, be an exciting fight from the start to the finish. With me, with my hands rose at the end, the new light welterweight champion of the world. All right, now you care to throw a prediction on that? Do you see it going the distance? Well, you know me. I never, you know, uh, predict a knockout, you know, because it's boxing, anything can happen. I just always, you know, train for the best, to the best of my ability to go out there and perform to the best of my ability and get the job done and get the victory. All right, well, in closing, is there any message you want to pass along to all your fans? Well, all my fans out there, you know, come April 18th, if you can't make it to the fight, you know, tune in, HBO, live, Terrence Crawford, just cheer me on. All right, well, Terrence, as always, it's a great pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to your fight against Thomas Delorme, and uh, I look forward to seeing you continue to grow and climb up those pound-for-pound ranks. Thanks, I appreciate you. All right, thank you so much. Have a good day. All right. 
All right, that was Terrence Crawford discussing his upcoming challenge that he has on April 18th against Thomas DeLorme. I mean, not much more can be said than what the results are. I mean, every time he steps in the ring, he's come out with his hand raised. He's looked impressive every time out. Even the fight that he had of Yorkie Scamboa, I mean, it's one that he won widely. He's a guy that's legitimately in my top 15 pound-for-pound fighters. And he's a guy that, you know, by the year's end, could be in top 10 pound-for-pound. I mean, results speak. And if he beats Thomas DeLorme, he wins that WBO belt in the new weight class, you know, he'll definitely be knocked on the door of the top 10. And, uh, you know, it's it's very exciting to watch him, you know, have this rise. I mean, for a guy that people really didn't know in the sport and a guy that people really weren't that familiar with, to pop on the scene like he did when he went up in weight 240 pounds, fought Brace Prescott, then went back down in weight, fought Ricky Burns, fought Yorkie Scamboa, he had that fight with Raymond Beltran, to do all the things that he's done and just to establish himself as the lightweight champion. I mean, that says a lot about the talent that he is, and, I mean, he's very young, and he's already accomplished so much in the sport. You know, it gets you really excited about his future. So um, it was definitely a pleasure speaking to Terrence Crawford. I'm looking forward to his fight uh, against Thomas Delorme, and uh, it's be interesting to see him continue to grow in the sport and see how far he truly can go. All right, well, let's turn things now to the news of the week, and there wasn't really any big fights to talk about and there wasn't any real big breaking news or big fight announcements. But there was an interesting announcement made through ESPN. That is that the Premier Boxing Champion Series is now moving to their network. No longer will there be ESPN2's Friday Night Fights. That will no longer exist. Premier Boxing Champions will take over for that. But it will still have City Atlas as the main commentator for the fight series. And, you know, obviously with the Premier Boxing Champion Series, you get you know, the big-name fighters, you know, the more noteworthy guys, guys that you've usually seen on, you know, HBO or Showtime, you know, now they're going to be fighting on network television and be able to get out to more boxing fans. So, you know, this news here is interesting, and overall it is good for the sport because, you know, the bigger fights will now happen, and, you know, that's always a good thing. But at the same time, it's bittersweet because Friday Night Fights introduces you to fighters that you're not quite as familiar with, you know, fighters that, you know, might have flown under the radar or guys that are rising prospects. You know, guys like that were often featured on their network, you know, and you got familiar with them. You learned who they were, and you saw some of these guys rise up to become stars in the sport. Now we're going to see more of the established stars, you know. We'll see more championship fights and better fights. But, you know, obviously, you know, the guys that maybe you've never heard of before or guys that never got attention before, those guys, unfortunately, they're going to have to find another network. Maybe they'll be on, you know, FS1 or something like that, and, and hopefully those fighters still can get attention. But, you know, this is just a growing trend of the sport. You know, the Premier Boxing Champion Series is going from network to network, buying up TV dates and bringing bigger boxing fights to the boxing fans. So far, Premier Boxing Champions, you know, debuted on March 7th, and, you know, the main event for that fight was Keith Thurman versus Robert Guerrero. You know, that was a very good matchup on paper, and the fight itself was actually, you know, a pretty good fight. It was good. Uh, a good debut for the series in the sense that, you know, the fight kind of lived up to the buzz of it. Uh, Keith Thurman was excellent in the fight. Robert Guerrero showed a lot of heart. Uh, it was definitely Keith Thurman's toughest fight to date, and it also showed himself to be one of the future stars of the game. Also on the undercard, you saw Adrian Broner. He didn't really thrill boxing fans. You know, he fought John Molina. Uh, it wasn't a thrilling fight, but, you know, people got familiar with him. They got to see him on network television. You know, you flash forward to the Spike television card, that was actually a very good card from top to bottom. It had a lot of good, interesting fights. I mean, 
You know, you had Sean Porter versus Eric Bonet. Bonet, you know, he was a guy that was coming on short notice. He was a replacement guy, but still, you know, he fought his heart out. He tried the best he could, just wasn't good enough. Sean Porter knocked him out in five rounds. People love to see knockouts. That was a good result. Um, we also saw Chris Ariola showcase the heavyweight division. Um, Ariola wasn't in the best shape in the world. Uh, he didn't look his best. He looked a little sloppy, but still, you know, it was a fun fight. It was a fun heavyweight fight. He was fighting a, a journeyman guy by the name of Curtis Harper, but that guy came to fight. He hurt Chris Ariola at certain points. The fight went the distance. It was a good matchup. And then you go to the main event. I mean, that was a 50-50 fight on paper. Josecito Lopez was winning early. Andre Berto comes back, knocks out Josecito Lopez. So, you know, it's been pretty good for the Premier Boxing Champion Series. The television ratings have been uh, pretty respectable so far. And this is helping bring more attention to the sport. And, uh, you know, now with ESPN starting to do this, and, you know, I've heard other networks, CBS is going to start showing fights, uh, ABC is going to start showing fights, the Balance Network is going to start showing prospects. You know, it's just a great sign for boxing that boxing is continuing to grow. You know, boxing is continuing to develop, and we're going to see more big fights happen in the sport, and that's always a good thing. I mean, if you look at the upcoming schedule for the Premier Boxing Champions, on April 11th, we're going to see Danny Garcia versus Lamont Peterson, and that's a fight that a lot of fans want to see for a while. Sure, it's going to be fired 143 pounds. Sure, the title belts aren't going to be on the line, but still, these are two talented guys in the weight class, two of the top guys in the weight class, and they're fighting each other. And if you look on the undercard, there's a really good fight there too. you got the WBO champion Andy Lee versus the former WBO champion who never lost his title in the belt, who is still undefeated in Peter Quillen. So, I mean, that fight there has got a lot of intrigue to it as well. So, you know, the series is looking really good so far. And with it now going to yet another network, you know, it's something that could be you know, really, really good in terms of getting casual fans or getting people that really never gave boxing a chance to actually see the sport, to find more boxing fans, to get more boxing fans, to see it truly grow because boxing is one of those sports that's just laying in the shadows. It's not one of those sports that's out in the forefront. When you look on ESPN News, you rarely ever see boxing talked about. You rarely ever see any news about it. If Mayweather versus Pacquiao wasn't happening, you probably wouldn't see any news unless it's, you know, a one-minute clip of a fight that happened on Saturday night. You won't see any of that. This can help bring it more to the mainstream, just like what happened to the UFC where that became mainstream for a while on Spike TV and then, you know, on the Fox network. You know, boxing can even rise above that and just really get out there and uh, really develop itself and get back to this glory day where, you know, it was a thing that everybody talked about and boxing was right up there with, you know, baseball, basketball, football. It's right up there, those top sports, and that's what we want to see. Um, but as I said before, it is still bittersweet that Friday Night Fights is going away. I really do hope that ESPN brings some other series in there just to showcase these young up-and-coming guys or these guys that maybe we, we haven't seen before that, you know, have completely flown under the radar their entire career. You know, give those guys a chance because career boxing champions, it's generally about the best guys or the biggest names fighting uh, it's not about the smaller guys or the unknown guys, so I hope that they find some way on ESPN to showcase those guys before. But as I said, Teddy Alice is staying with it. He's still going to be on ESPN, so, you know, those fights are definitely going to be exciting. You know, Premier Boxing Champions, they can throw whatever fights they want out there, but if Teddy doesn't like what he sees, doesn't like the matchups, doesn't like anything that happens, he's going to let you know he's one of the best broadcasters in the sport, one of the funnest guys to listen to. So 
as long as you still work in the network, I expect many more good things uh, to happen with this, and I expect Premier Boxing Champions to be a success on ESPN. All right, now, just a minute ago, I mentioned, you know, rising guys, guys that, you know, got attention for the very first time on ESPN 2 Friday Night Fights. Well, I have a guest coming on right now that actually got attention on one of the most recent editions of Friday Night Fights. He's coming off of an impressive win on that network. I'm joined by a rising undefeated contender in the judo middleweight division. I'm joined by Tony Harrison. How's everything going today, Tony? How's it going, everybody? Super bad is in the building. All right. All right. Well, Tony, let's get right into things here. Last time we saw you in the boxing ring, a lot of fans saw you for the first time. You were facing Antoine Smith. You took care of business in just two rounds. How do you feel about your performance? Uh, I feel good. Um, you know, uh, we both walked out healthy through the grace of God, and, uh, you know, I was able to finally, you know, show the world, you know, with Tony here, with, with with Detroit been seeing for plenty of fights, you know. I was able to, to, to get a world excitement, um, explosiveness and a world and a world class of fighter out of Detroit. I was able to get that to the world finally. Tony, what's this transition been like for you? Um, you've gone from rising prospects now facing fringe contender guys and getting yourself up to the level of being a ranked contender. Um, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing, but something I already, I already knew I had, you know. It was just able to put myself in the right situation to give showing the world that, you know what I mean? So, you know, I train like an animal, you know what I mean? I train hard. I got the right team around me, and we put the pieces in the right places. And, you know, this is what I've been doing in Detroit for 16, 17 fights. You know, I've been doing it in Detroit, you know, overseas or on place goes under cards you know, in California, you know. So it was just the opportunity to get the world, to, to show the world what was going on with Tony Harrison, you know, and, I, and, that's, and that's, been, that's been the hard part. All right, well, Tony, you mentioned that Detroit's got to see you for a long time. Um, a lot of people know that you used to work with Emmanuel Stewart. He was your trainer. He was also your manager. Um, what was that like working with him? Uh, it's going to be an unforgettable time. That's going to be something I probably never will forget as long as I'm living on this earth, you know, just just having him around, you know, he was just he was just that kind of a guy, you know, he was just that friendly guy, and you know, you 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 tend to soak up, you know, the the knowledge and the wisdom, and and that's what I think I've got from him, you know, just being around him, and you know, going to the grocery store where he's just giving money or paying for groceries for a random somebody that he doesn't even know, you know what I mean? Those kind of things, uh, whether it's overseas, tipping the, the, the waitress or the person that's coming to, to dry your clothes, you know what I mean? He he taught you life lessons outside of boxing, and he was just that kind of guy. That, you know, and he he only stayed two minutes away from me, so, you know, to just be able to go knock on his door at 11 o'clock at night because something is wrong, he let you in, you know what I mean? So. It's, it was deeper than boxing, man. I, I lost a friend, and, you know, it's, it's going to be something. He's going to be missed for the rest of my life as long as I'm living on this earth. Oh, he's definitely one of the most knowledgeable and great people in boxing. It was definitely a, a huge loss to the sport. And when you were working with him and, you know, he saw what he saw in you, what did he expect from you in terms of a fighter? What did he expect from you for your career? Um, I mean, he told me that, you know, he did this a long time ago with um, Tommy Hearns, and he felt like this was his last shot to do it again. 
with the hometown fighter from Detroit, you know, was to build me from the ground up, you know, uh, move me like he moved Tommy, you know, uh, base it just like he did Tommy, you know, no promoter, just get get it, get the fans back in Detroit, you know what I mean? And he told me if you could pack this place, which is was the Joe Louis Arena, you know, the TV will come, you know what I mean? So that was the plan, man. That was the plan was to just, grind hard and, and, and to just do it do it his way. You know what I mean? And I trusted it. You know, I trusted his career. You know, it went right with Tommy Hearns. They didn't have a promoter. You know, he walked in the NBC himself. You know what I mean? And made those deals for Tommy. You know what I mean? Because Tommy had the crowd, you know. So that was the thing. It just was to fight and, and get my fan base up, you know, get it through media, you know, news and and all those different kind of media sites and, and, and to put me around the world, travel me around the world and get my get me to a household name where I can sell out the Joe Louis Arena and he can walk in those broadcasters and those networks and, and he, 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 he can have some leverage. All right, well, Tony, now that you're in this position that you're in now, people have seen you on TV. They want to see more. And there's some people even calling for you to get a title shot. Do you believe at this point you are ready for that? I'm I'm a I'm a hundred and ten percent ready for that, you know. But you know, this is boxing, you know, it's it's one step at a time. And um, you know, Al is running the show now. You know what I mean? So as quickly as I wanna dunk the the ball, you know, it always starts with a layup, you know what I mean? So I'm just gonna keep laying the ball up until you know, the dunk comes, you know what I mean? Cause, but I'm ready though. You know, if Al called me tomorrow and said you was fighting that a Y or Z, I'm I'm ready. You know what I mean? I'm I'm ready and I think I'm probably the most explosive person at one fifty one of the most explosive at one fifty four. If not the most explosive. You know what I mean? I'm a problem. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm six one, I'm fast, I'm strong, and I'm coming to get you. You know what I mean? And that's and that's what most fighters don't have, the hunger. I'm I'm probably the most fiery person in one fifty four, so you know what I mean, I'm a threat. You know what I mean? But like I said, Al's running the show. You know, whoever he puts in front of me, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do. Oh, you mentioned Al Heyman. Uh, he's been making news almost every single week, buying up uh television spots for boxing, NBC, CBS, um, Spike T V recently now just with ESPN. Um, how great do you think it is for the sport that you know, boxing is gonna be seen by, you know, so many more people and so many more fighters are gonna get exposure? Uh, it's perfect for boxing. This is what boxing has been waiting on. You know what I mean? It's a lonely sport, and I didn't. And I and I think it it didn't get the recognition that it deserved. You know what I mean? Like this, this boxing should be like a basketball sport where it comes on regular television where regular people can watch it. You know that's why LeBron James is LeBron James, not because if he's a great athlete, because it's plenty of great boxers that's great athletes. You know what I mean? It's just his marketing. Is better than Floyd Mayweather's marketing because he's he's marketed to the world for free. You know what I mean? If you market Floyd Mayweather for free to the world, or Tony Harrison to the world for free, or you know what I mean, or that or that next or that next exciting fighter, you know, to the world for free. I I, I think it I think it, I think it broadens the 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 sport. You know what I mean? And, and it gets people more interested in the sport, and people people get more knowledge about the sport and who's fighting, and who's up and coming, and who's Tony Harrison. And who's Gennady Golovkin, or who's you know who's that next who's that next good fighter? Oh well, Tony, you mentioned it briefly there. Floyd Mayweather, um, 
We all know the big fight that is coming up May 2nd against Manny Pacquiao. It's near and around your weight class. I'm curious what you think about that fight. I think the sport has been waiting on that fight, you know. Uh, glad they got they got a chance to make it to make the fight happen. I mean, not when it was both at the peak time, but you know, it's still the best best fight in the sport. You know, what I mean, thus far. So, you know, what I mean, the sport has we 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 we've been waiting on the fight, man. And you know what I mean, it's still it's still going to make two hundred million dollars, no matter when the fight. They could be forty forty one years old. They still was doing what they were doing now. They still would generate two hundred million dollars. So. You know what I mean? It may it may have lost a little bit of buzz, but it's still it's still generating exactly what it's supposed to generate in that dollars. Right now, who are you picking? Who are you favoring to win that fight? People go back and forth. Some people say maybe has got it. Who you got? I gotta go with Money May, man. I gotta go with Money May, and and, and I and I can tell he's taking it a little more serious this time because it's no Twitter action. You know, it's, it's real. It's not a lot of Twitter action. Not a lot of Instagram action. It's not a lot of flying out. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of women shaking his ass, shaking their ass, you know what I mean, on his phone and him getting washed up by women. It's him running and him chopping wood and, you know, him in the gym. You know what I mean? So he's taking it a little more serious, man. And I just think, you know what I mean, he, he's he's overcame every south part that he had, even though he had problems with him. You know, he adapted and he overcame each, each and every one of them. You know, I expect a good fight, but I expect money made it just, I'll think of him and, and with a good jab and with, with Money May having such a great jab and being so accurate with it, I just think he's going to have problems with that. I know. What do you think about Manny Pacquiao? What do you the offer in the ring against Floyd? He's, he, I mean, he offers everything. You know what I mean? It's it's so hard to fight a guy like Manny Pacquiao because it's so hard to train for him. You know what I mean? He's bouncing, every, he's bouncing everywhere. He's throwing punches from every angle. He's throwing 100 punches around. You know what I mean? So he's actually, you know, he's more energetic, you know, and he's strong, you know. So he, he, he offers, he, he actually offers, offers everything that that can give Floyd problems, you know. But only thing about it is Floyd, he had, Manny Pacquiao actually has problems with people that can move, you know what I mean, and, and that has a good jab. You know, Manny Pacquiao can be touched, you know what I mean. So those are the two things that I think, are going to that that that's that's going to decide the fight. You know what I mean? Floyd has a good jab, and he has good lateral movement. Oh, well, Tony, you know Mayweather's thirty-eight, Pacquiao's thirty-six. Everyone's looking for that next guy, that next generation guy, and we haven't seen, you know, guys out there that you know you really say are this is the guy that can pick up the torch. Some people say Adrian Broner was it, then he lost, and you know he hasn't looked that great since. Do you think you can be that type of fighter, the guy that can carry the torch to the sport and be that next star? Yes, I mean, of course. I mean, if you look at me, I, I mean, I, I think I carry all the all the char- characteristics, and it's not just for TV. You know, this is Tony. You know what I mean? I think some people try too hard to impress the TV or to do the most. You know what I mean? Like, this is Tony. This is everyday Tony life. You know what I mean? This is the real Tony. You get the real Tony Harrison, and I think when people get a chance to see me or they get a chance to talk to me, they realize, like, this ain't the motherfucker that's just for TV. This is not just him trying to you know what I mean, pick his ratings up, you know what I mean, this is that Detroit Tony Harrison, this is me, you know what I mean, and I got everything, you know, charisma, you know what I mean, I can take it there when I need to take it there, um, you know, I'm classy when I got to be, you know what I mean, like, I, I generate it all, you know what I mean, I got a lot of charisma, and inside the ring, I'm just explosive, and that's what the people wanted to see, that's what the people like to see, man, Tyson made a lot of money, man, and they could keep seeing Tyson, who the Tyson fight when he was knocking them motherfuckers out, but he was knocking them motherfuckers out, and that's what they want to see, and that's 
You know, I think that's why Deontay Wilder is going to be so successful. You know what I mean? Because you could keep saying who the motherfucker fighting, but they put him in front of him and he do what he's supposed to do. You know what I mean? You put those same guys in front of somebody else, you know, they don't do that. You know what I mean? They win the fight, but they don't, you know what I mean? They don't do it how he did it. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's what I do. You know what I mean? No, I don't think nobody's done Antoine Smith how I've done Antoine Smith. You know what I mean? And give me the next guy. You know what I mean? And I'm going to do him like nobody else did him. And give me the next guy, and I'll do him like nobody else did him. You know what I mean? And, you know, and and that's I think that's what I well, I think that I bring it to the sport, man. I bring it. You know what I mean? And I bring that it. I'm that it. Right, you mentioned the next guy. That's a big question here. There's a lot of, you know, talent in the division. There's a lot of names. You got, you know, Sewell, Colonel Alvarez. You got Arislandi Laura. You got Demetrius Andre, Jamel Charlie. You got a lot of guys in the weight class. Out of all those guys I mentioned, anyone in the weight class, is there one guy you really want to see yourself in the ring with? James Kirkland. James Kirkland. I think he's that perfect guy. You know, I think he's that guy that that's a that's a friend friendly. You know what I mean? A fight for me. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I actually like Demetrius Andre. You know what I mean? Because I think he's looking for the opportunity just like I am. You know what I mean? So he's one of those guys that even though he has the belt, he hasn't got his opportunity. You know what I mean? He has a belt, but the opportunity to showcase his talent to the best of the best, he hasn't got that opportunity. You know what I mean? And I feel like even though he has the belt, Charlo and them get more recognition than Andretti because – they're promoted the right way or they're marketed the right way or they're advertised the right way. But in all actuality, Andretti is literally coming from the same spot that I'm coming from because he needs a chance. He, when he, he goes for that opportunity. You know, when the, when the, when the Charlo fight was supposed to be abroad, he so-called signed the contract. You know what I mean? Cause he wants that opportunity, not for the money, but to be able to say like, I've been here, you know what I mean? I've been in the sport. I've been the best in the sport, and, and I'm ready to showcase that talent. So he, he wants the best of the best, and I feel like that's where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? And I feel like James Kirkland is a fight where he's a straightforward guy. I'm a straightforward guy. We'll make for a, a fan-friendly fight. You know what I mean? So if anybody, that's that kind of guy, him or Canelo. I think they're both fan-friendly. All right, well, those two guys are fighting each other. Who are you favoring? Uh, shit. I like Kirkland, man. He got the heart of a lion. But I, I got to go with uh, Canelo. <laughs> Even though I like Kirkland, I will probably have to go with Canelo. You know, Canelo is just a little more versatile than me. And, you know, uh, Kirkland has shown that he can be knocked out. You know what I mean? And if you show that once, you can definitely show it twice. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I would like for Kirkland to win, man. I, I, would, I, I would truly like for Kirkland to win. And then he just called out Tony Harrison and, you know, Tony Harrison fights him. But... You know, um, I'm, I think it'd be a, a, a great fight, but I just think Canelo has more to offer on, you know, when it when it comes to skill wise, you know. Oh, Tony, got a couple more questions before I let you off the line. And we all know with May second coming up, there's a lot of fighters that want to be on that card, that want to get that exposure, that want to be out there. What do you think the chances are that we'll see you May second on the undercard of Mayweather Pacquiao? Zero. 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 Why? I mean, I just think that the the card is advertised for only one person, only two people. You know what I mean? Like, Tony wants to make a way for himself. You know what I mean? I want I want to make a way for myself. You know what I mean? Even though it's a great card, you know, I'd rather just chill back and sit back and watch it. You know, at the crib. You know what I mean? Or give me my own opportunity to main event on something lowercase. I can get the recognition I deserve. Me being on a Mayweather card, you know, at 
6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, when nobody's in the motherfucking arena, it's not doing me no justice just to say I fought on the man with the Pacquiao car. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to yeah. be the I want to be the star. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy for them. You know what I mean? But that's not what that's not what Tony stands for. That's not what Tony wants. Tony yeah. wants to be able to showcase his own talent and put me on ESPN again before you put me on the Mayweather Pacquiao undercard, where nobody's gonna fucking see Tony Harrison. Nobody's gonna brag about how Tony Harrison does the opponent he does. You know what I mean? When I can just be on ESPN, put me on the lowest of the lowest, and put me on main event and show me to the world. Want to be? I want to. I want to be able to showcase my own talent and be the one that gets the recognition that he deserves. You know what I mean? So, I, I definitely zero zero chance, zero chance. They can't offer me an opportunity to fight on that. You know, he, unless I'm co-main eventing on that card where I'm on right before Floyd is on. You know what I mean? So, if that's not if that's not the case, man, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with staying at home watching Floyd Mayweather night pack out at my house, waiting for my next opportunity to be showcased on CBS or ESPN or Showtime or whatever it is, Bite, you know what I mean? But just give me the opportunity to showcase my talent and to build and to grow, you know what I mean? I, I don't think I grow on the Mayweather-Pacquiao card, you know? It's just a card to say I fought on the biggest card of the world, you know? But yeah. for what? Well, you know, it, I gained none. I gained nothing. I probably, yeah, I probably gained nothing. Yeah, well... How soon can we expect to see you in the ring? When do you think you'll be back in there? Oh, now that's a question for the Al man. You know what I mean? That's that's that's, that's not even a question I can I can really answer for you. But you know, if it was up to me, you know, I was, you know, I, I'm off for two rounds. You know, I'm right back working out again. You know, so if it was up to me, I would be on the Durrell undercard in Chicago. You know, if it was up to me, you know, but you know, like I said, Al had Al is the man. He's the man with the plan, so you know. Hopefully, it's two week, two months, man. Hopefully, that looks like that looks more like it though. Like two months, you know, two months. I, I should be back in the ring. You know, I should be waiting on the phone call from Sam or Al or Brad telling me what's going on. So I'm just staying in the gym, man, staying ready, and hopefully, man, hopefully I get the, hopefully I get to body somebody that the world just adores. You know what I mean? I, that's what I'm waiting for. Like, just give me somebody the world adores, and then I show you why you should be adoring me. <laughs> all right all right well tony in closing to your fans out there the new fans you have any message you want to pass along to them i just want you to continue to support man you know um boxing is that lonely sport man and, and you know accept the real for the real and the fake for the fake you know um continue to support me um i'm that guy you know what i mean i have the it i'm that guy just i just wanted everybody to continue to support me you know and and, and continue to support guys that want to give the fans what they want to see, you know what I mean, and not bored of not bored of fans, but give them what they want to see, and that's win, lose, or draw, you know what I mean? And I'm one of those guys, you know, that's not afraid to lose, to give the fans what they want to see. So I just, I just think we good for the sport. Guys like me are good for the sport, so just continue to support, 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 and support every boxer out there because this is not basketball or football. It's probably – one of the loneliest sports. So, you know, any guy that's out there that's boxing, you know, I just think you should support him because it takes a different kind of man to box. So I just think support the sport, man. The sport is regrowing and regrouping and just support the sport. All right. All right. Well, Tony, it's been a great pleasure having you debuting on the ropes. Thank you for your time. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you back. You can't get any more explosive than what you did last time, or maybe you can. That confidence, I'm sure we'll see more. So I'm looking forward to seeing you get back in there. 
Thank you. Anytime. You got my number. Lock it in 24-7. Whenever you want to hit me up, I'm open and I'm free. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, thank you so much, and uh, have a good night. Good night. All right, that was Tony Harrison talking about his rising career, and one thing is for sure, listen to this guy, he is not short of confidence, and you've got to love that in a fighter. You've got to love a guy that believes in his own abilities, believes in his own talents. I mean, when I asked him about possibly being on the undercard of Mayweather versus Pacquiao, his answer was, no, there's no chance that's going to happen, because I want to showcase my talents as a main event, as a headline attraction, not be some, you know, side fight or a fight that's on the undercard or a fight that won't even make TV. You know, I don't just want to be on a big event. I want to be the event. Got to love that confidence, and you got to love his personality. I mean, he's got a lot of things that can make for a big star in the sport. Um, Emmanuel Stewart was obviously his former trainer and manager, and one of the things Emmanuel always knew about fighters is if they score a knockout, boxing fans will come to watch them. And Tony Harrison is scoring knockouts, impressive knockouts, dominating guys, not going more than a couple of rounds, and that gets people interested. So, you know, Tony Harrison is one of those guys that recently just appeared on Friday Night Fights. He's one of those guys that's just showing a little sneak peek of his abilities. He's a guy I just want to see a lot more of. I want to see him more on television. Obviously, the premier boxing champions coming in, you know, ESPN might not be the network for him no more, but um, maybe something like Showbox or FS1. You know, just get this guy out there, see him in more fights, because he really is one of those guys that you just want to see more of. I mean, he goes out there, he takes care of business, and he's right on to the next fight. So Tony Harrison's a guy that I'm just looking forward to seeing more fights with, and I can definitely see him having a very, very good future, especially after his last performance. All right, well, let's move things now to a segment of the show that the fans know as Ask Jenna. That's where you guys, the boxing fans, get to ask me the questions. You can do this either by emailing me at ontheropesboxingradio at gmail.com, mentioning me on Twitter, Jenna on the Ropes, or posting your questions in our Facebook group, which is now 10,300 members strong, still continuously growing, still more members in there. So, guys, if you want to get your questions on the show, that is how you can do it. I'm going to take my first question. This one comes from Carl Cooper. It says, Jenna, what were your thoughts on Sergey Kovalov's TKO 8 win over Jean Cascal Pascal, and what do you see as the next fight for Sergey Kovalov? I will call, this is a, a very good question because that was an absolutely fantastic light heavyweight fight. Um, I loved it. I thought it was, you know, great for the division. I thought it was great for the sport. It showcased two of the best fighters in a weight class facing each other. You know, it had drama. You know, it had a guy showing a ton of heart in there. And, you know, it showed Sergey Kovalov getting tested. I mean, if you look at that fight and you watch that fight early on in it, it looked like Sergey Kovalov was going to blow Jean Pascal out of the water, That you know. It was going to be a quick night that Jean Pascal wasn't going to last more than, you know, a few rounds because he got knocked down early. He got hurt badly. But Jean Pascal came back. You know, he came back in the fight. Not only did he come back, he actually hurt Sergey Kovalev at certain points in the fight. He landed some really good shots. He won a few rounds in a row, looking like it was going to be, you know, anyone's fight. And then in the seventh round, uh, Jean Pascal started to fade a little bit in the eighth round. You know, he got stopped on his feet. And, you know, this is a particular fight where I have to say, a guy is maybe a little bit too brave for his own good, and John Pascal was one of those type of fighters. He was a guy that if the referee didn't stop him, he was probably going to be taken out of there on a stretcher. That's the honest truth of it. The referee actually made a very good decision because John Pascal, as tough as he was, had taken damage, and he just wasn't looking that good on his legs. 
um, you know, with a little bit better of a game plan, some time off, I think Sean Pasco can maybe do a little bit better. At the same time, I mean, he is the only guy at the championship level to really test Sergey Kovas. There's really no shame in the loss. There's no shame in, you know, moving on, doing other things, going to another fight, uh, because, you know, he did well enough. And uh, he's shown that he's one of the best light heavyweights in the world, and he's a guy that can compete with the best light heavyweights. As for Sergey Kovalov, next for him is obviously his mandatory challenge. He's had a mandatory that's been sitting in the wings, um, so that will be his next fight. But after that, the WBC has mandated that Adonis Stevenson has to fight Sergey Kovalov or he's going to lose his title belt. So if Adonis Stevenson wants to keep what he has and not just settle for being the ring champion, he's going to have to fight Kovalov. And hopefully we can see another one of those HBO Showtime joinings and that we see another great fight because that's honestly one of the best fights that you can make in 2015. And it would be a very rare thing to see, to see all four belts in one fight, to see a completely unified champion. It's a very rare feat we haven't seen in a long time. So, you know, it's something that I'd love to see and I'd love to see happen for the sport. And hopefully Adonis Stevenson will step up and uh, meet the challenge because that's the fight the fans want to see in the light heavyweight division. I'm going to move to my next question. This one comes from Mark Rickson. He says, Gennady Golovkin will be fighting William Monroe next. What do you think of this fight? All right, well, first off, you know, I have to say that it's a fight that it's not amazing. It's not a great middleweight fight, but it's an, it's an okay fight. I mean, William Monroe is a guy that's earned his position. He's a guy that's moved up the ranks. He uh, won the box heater tournament. He recently beat Brian Vera. He showed himself, you know, to be a contender. Does that mean he has any chance at all against Gennady Golovkin? No, he doesn't. I mean, this is another defense for Gennady Golovkin. And one thing you've got to respect about Golovkin is he likes to go out there and defend his championship. He likes to fight four times a year. I mean, this next fight is going to be May 16th. That's less than three months after his last fight against Martin Murray. That's a great thing to see a champion be active. And the hope is, is that after he does this fight, that maybe he moves on to a fight with Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto might step up and take that fight. And that's what we all hope. We hope to see the big fights for Gennady Golovkin. But unfortunately, we're not going to see that in the next fight. But, you know, overall, it's a decent fight. It's better than some of the other fights that Golovkin's had. So not totally against it. And like I said, you know, William Moreau Jr., he's earned his spot. He's earned his position. He's earned his title shot. So hopefully he uh, performs well and we uh, see a good fight there. All right, I'm moving now to my next question. This one comes from Ernie Montana. He says that Roy Jones Jr. scored a TKO2 win March 6th in vintage Roy Jones Jr. style over journeyman Willie Williams who had a 14-8 record. Roy is now fighting again this month against a 10-6 opponent named Pauly Vasquez. What do you make of Roy Jones Jr. fighting these lower class of fighters? All right, well, Ernie, I actually mentioned this before on a previous Ask Jenna segment when I was asked whether or not I had a problem with fighting these lower-level fighters. And I said at the time that I didn't. You know, I don't have a problem with Roy showcasing his talents and, you know, fighting this lower-level opposition to get himself tuned up for a bigger fight or, you know, just to showcase himself. At the same time, you know, there is a certain level of opponent that you would like to see in there of Roy. And I think it's great that he's fighting twice in a month. I mean, especially at his age, you know, being 46 and fighting, you know, that active, it's great. At the same time, though, I mean, he is fighting a 10-6 and six opponent. You think he could find maybe just someone at least on paper that has a better record, you know? I mean, there's a lot of guys that fight out of, you know, Arkansas and Mississippi that, you know, have 14-0 records that are undefeated, you know, that really are at the same level as these 10-6 and six and 14-8 guys that Roy could 
you know, had just look a little bit better when it, you know, it comes down to his box track. But, you know, hey, as I said before, I, I think that it's great that Roy is getting out there and he's being out there and, and fighting and, and having winnable fights. I mean, his last fight, he was great. I mean, he, you know, he, he looked like the old Roy Jones Jr., but at the same time he was fighting a, a tomato can. So, you know, you can only put so much value on the way that he looked. Uh, but, hey, I don't have a problem with him continuing to fight. As I said, if I could have anything or any criticism of what Roy's doing right now, I just think he should find maybe at least on paper someone that looks like a better opponent, just record-wise, just a little bit more glamorous than a 10 and 6 record. But, again, you know, it's just good to see Roy getting out there. He's fighting for his hometown of Pensacola, Florida. So it's good to see him get back out there. And, and as we all do, we want to see if Roy goes in the ring, that he comes out the same way. And with this fight, he will be coming out the same way and with his hand raised. All right, I'm moving up to my next question. This one comes from Mike Walker. It says, what's next for Keith Thurman after his win over Guerrero? And do you think that Thurman can build his career as a future star? Uh, well, to answer your question, Mike, yes, I do. I believe that Keith Thurman can definitely build himself as a future star of the sport. I mean, you know, he has a lot of the attributes that you need. He's exciting to watch in the ring. Uh, he's a guy that's willing to fight anybody. He can talk a really good game. So, you know, he's got the makings of being a future star, and his last performance proved that. I mean, he overcame uh, a headbutt in which, you know, he had this big hematoma on his head. He fought 12 hard rounds with Robert Guerrero. He knocked Robert Guerrero down, almost out. I mean, it was a, a great performance by him. And he's just a guy that, you know, has shown that he has the ability. He just needs the opponent. And Guerrero was a good step. Now, you know, you want to see him step up and fight other big guys in the division maybe another champion, maybe fight a Kell Brook, you know, fight someone like that. Because, you know, as boxing fans, we want to see the best face the best. And Keith Thurman has shown he's one of the best out there. He hasn't just fought the best guys in the weight class. And it's not because he's not willing, it's because they haven't been willing to face him. You know, he just doesn't have the um, star power yet to draw in those big fights. But a guy like Kell Brook is a fight that, you know, he can win another title belt. Um, you know, he can get himself out there, get himself wide to an international fan base, and then maybe move on from that to maybe fighting someone like Amir Khan. That's a fight that can, you know, help push him towards stardom. Amir Khan already has stardom, even though he doesn't have a title belt, even though he's lost multiple times by KO. It's a very big name, and I think it's the next big step for Keith Thurman. You know, take on a Kell Brook. If you beat Kell Brook, move on to Amir Khan, and then, you know, you can build your stardom and, you know, have people recognize that you're one of the best fighters out there. All right, I'm moving on to my next question. This one comes from Sam Johnson. It says that Shannon Briggs has a fight on March 27th against a guy with a 51-21 and 21 record, and the fight will be in Panama. Do you think Shannon Briggs has any chance of getting Vladimir Klitschko in the ring this year? All right, well, to answer this, uh, Sam, I really don't think he does. I mean, the fighter that he's facing coming up, you know, it's a guy that looks like has an okay record, but the guy is actually 48 years old. I know Shannon's 43 himself, but this guy here is, you know, a guy that Shannon's going to knock out probably within one to two rounds. It's not going to be much of a challenge. It's good that Shannon's finally getting out there because he was having the Let's Go Champ app uh, that he was promoting on there, and he wasn't doing much in terms of fighting, you know, not since his last fight in November. So it's good to see him that he's going to actually get back out there. But in terms of Vladimir Klitschko, Vladimir has a full slate. I mean, he's got Brian Jennings coming up. Then he has a mandatory with Tyson Fury, and that fight will probably take place around September. So any possibility of a fight with Vladimir Klitschko is really out. I mean, there's really nothing like that for Shannon Briggs. In, in my honest opinion, he's going to have to fight somebody noteworthy to even get a fight with Klitschko next year. Because right now, you know, he's not fighting as active as he was. He's fighting a guy that 
you know, a lot of people have never heard of, actually pretty much nobody's heard of. Uh, so even if he wins by KO, it's just not enough. I mean, he's built a certain level of hype for himself. People want to see him in there with Klitschko, but at the same time, you have to earn it in some way, form, or fashion, and he just really hasn't done that. But there is a fight that can earn him that title shot. I've mentioned it before. Fight Antonio Tarver. Antonio Tarver's willing. Antonio Tarver's ranked. That's a smart move. You do that fight. You win that fight. You get your fight with Klitschko. Have two of these old guys that are sticking around. Fight each other. See who actually gets that title shot. Because as far as I'm concerned, if he doesn't do that and doesn't face a ranked guy or a guy that's got some sort of credibility, he will not get that fight with Vladimir Klitschko. All right, I'm going to move things now to my final question of this week's Ask Jenna segment, and this one comes from Oliver Thomas Rooker. He says, Bernard Hopkins has hinted recently that he's going to have one last fight and it will be special. Who would you like to see the alien go out with? All right, well, this is very interesting, Oliver, because, you know, Bernard Hopkins obviously had a very tough fight with Sergey Kovalov, but at the same time, you know, he went 12 rounds with Kovalov, and John Pascal, who's another top guy, got knocked out in eight rounds. So it proves that Bernard Hopkins is still a cagey guy. He's a guy that can navigate himself through a fight and still has enough skills to compete at the high level of the light heavyweight division. So, you know, he's a guy that's got a little bit left even at the age of 50. Now, the one thing Bernard Hopkins has not done yet is win a super middleweight title belt. And if that is his goal, that might be the one special thing he can still do. It just depends who it's against. Um, a fight between him and Andre Ward, I don't think anyone wants to see that. It's, I mean, Andre Ward fights similar to Bernard Hopkins. I just don't think it'd be that great of a fight. Uh, Carl Frotch would be interesting. You know, Carl Frotch has got a very big name. He wants a Las Vegas fight. That could possibly happen. But in my honest opinion, the more likely thing, for Bernard Hopkins, is to take a fight with Arthur Abraham. Arthur Abraham is the most beatable champion at 168 pounds. Arthur Abraham is a legitimate champion. He has the belt now, and he's a guy that, you know, he's just very beatable. He doesn't throw a lot of punches. He's economical. You can see everything that he throws. It's just a perfect fight for Bernard Hopkins to look good. You know, at the age of 50, you want to look good. You want to go out on top. So if you want to go out on top, that's the fight I hope he takes. It's a smart decision. Arthur Abraham is a fight he definitely, in my opinion, would win. Um, it's just a question whether or not that's big enough scope for him. You know, in my honest opinion, winning a super middleweight title is special enough. You don't need to fight the Gennady Golovkins of the world to prove yourself. Bernard's already proved everybody wrong. He's already beat all the expectations. Everything he's done in his career, he's proved he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So if he wants to go out and wants to go out with his hand raised and with some glory, I hope Arthur Abraham's the choice that he makes. All right, well, that was this week's Ask Jenna segment. I'd like to thank all the fans that submitted your questions. And, guys, listen to the top of the segment. You know how you can get your questions in the show. There are no excuses. So send your questions in, and you too can be part of On the Ropes. Okay, well, with that, I'd like to move things to my final guest of this week's show, and he is definitely a returning one. Now making his ninth appearance to On the Ropes Boxing Radio, I'm joined by Hall of Famer and seven-time Trainer of the Year. I'm joined by the one and only Freddie Roach. How's it going today, Freddie? Hi, I'm doing fine. How about you, Sally? You doing okay? I'm doing well. Definitely happy to be speaking with you today. And, Freddie, let's get right into it. The big fight that we've all been waiting for, Mayweather versus Pacquiao. It's set for May 2nd. How do you feel now that the fight's finally going to happen? 
Uh, you know, I'm actually really excited about the fight. Um, when, when 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 he finally announced the fight, I should have put a smile on my face. My fighter Pacquiao is on fire right now. He's really working really really, really hard, and um, you know, everything's really going well. Uh, we started our sparring session, and uh, I've got uh, like six really good young young kids coming up as sparring partners. You know, I, I really don't believe in just getting all the guys that get beat up as sparring partners, just kind of guys that just in front of you. I like getting young contenders, and they help them along the way, and uh, maybe we'll make some of them a better fighter by, by just the knowledge that they'll get being in the ring with them. So I, I've, got, I've got a lot of young kids coming in, and uh, they're, they're all very good fighters. They all have very good records. They're... Uh, most of them, most of them are undefeated, and uh, um, so um, this fight we usually average about 150 rounds of sparring. But for this fight, I'm going to shoot for about 90 to 100 because I don't feel that we need the wars anymore like we used to, and uh, we need uh, just just more technique and more self I mean, with his, uh, you know, for what he brings to the table. Okay, now pretty it any point during all these years, did you ever have it in your mind that this fight wasn't going to happen? Did you ever think you'd never see these two step into the ring? You know, um, my good friend Stuart Bierman told me every fight that was supposed to happen will happen sometime, but we, we just don't know when. So he kept me kind of motivated that it, that it would happen, and um, uh, we actually made a little bit of a wager, so I, I, lost, I lost the bet. So, uh, but he every time we uh, we have dinner once a week, he's my he's my side poker, and uh, he told me over and over and over again that this fight will happen someday. Believe, I promise you, and I'm so happy it's here. All right, now for you, this is actually your second opportunity to go against Floyd. You obviously had Oscar De La Hoya in that super fight, and I'm wondering how much different is it this time around having a fighter like Manny Pacquiao go against Floyd. Well, you know, Oscar was really big, but um, I, you know, I've been in some big fights in my life, and uh, that that was one of the biggest, of course. Um, I thought we won the first six rounds. I thought we kind of blew it in the last six rounds. Um, it could, I thought the fight could have been a draw, but um, you know, the thing is, I, I I learned a lot about Mayweather in that fight, and I learned how he kind of works a little bit, so. Is helping out my strategy with Pacquiao quite a bit. So I'm going back and watching those tapes, and I'm watching the, the Conan stuff also. So I'm there, I do. I have a complete game plan with Manny, and uh, he's right on board with me. And um, I'm really excited about fighting this fight. I mean, this is bigger than anything I've ever had in my life. All right. Now, a lot of people say that Floyd has slowed down in recent years, and because of that. Manny Pacquiao's chances are better now than if the fight had happened five years ago. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, everyone gets a little bit older and so forth. And, uh, you know, uh, I, you know and Manny Pacquiao and Oscar aren't little, like identical and so, and so forth. But um, I just you know, pick in, like, ideas of what will work and what won't work in, in, in the strategy. And, um, you know, we, we were, like, me and were working on, uh, on the move today, and, you know, it, it just wasn't comfortable with us. You know, it was a three-punch combination, and it was just too long because 
a three-punch combination in the pocket. Mayweather is very fast. He will hit you back before you land three shots. So we kind of got rid of that. So we're just being careful about what we're picking. We're picking a little bit from the old stuff and a little bit from the new stuff. So it's working out really well, though. I know, Freddie, being the fact that you've trained Manny Pacquiao for most of his career, I'm curious, what do you see as the biggest difference between the 36-year-old Manny Pacquiao that we see today compared to the Manny Pacquiao that was run through the divisions in his late 20s, early 30s? Well, you know, one thing about Manny, his legs are really solid. You know, he, rather, if he watch his last two fights, he, he says he goes to the because he wants to exchange and make the fans happy. I don't believe that. I believe that he has to go to the rest a little bit because his legs are a little shot. That's always the first thing to go in the fighter. I remember well when my, when my legs went out, and uh, Eddie told me to retire, and I said no, and I fought five, five, five more fights and lost four of them. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, when your legs had to give out, it's, it's, it's really bad feeling. And I see... They were with that uncertainty with it with that step. I think he's starting to, his legs are starting to go a little bit. And if you watch Manny in his last fight with Algeri, he was on his toes for 12 rounds with Algeri the whole night just on his toes. He should, I think he has better legs than Mayweather, and I think that's going to be the difference in the fight. But one of the other subplots this whole fight is that it's not just a rematch between yourself and Floyd Mayweather Jr., but also against you and his father Floyd Sr., you obviously trained Manny Pacquiao to a knockout win over Ricky Hatton, who Floyd Sr. trained at that time. And ever since that fight, Floyd has been very negative towards you, hasn't referred to you in the best way. And I'm curious, why do you think he's had such disdain for you all these years? Well, you know, I trained in the same gym with him. Um, you know, I, I've known Floyd since he was five years old. He, he grew up in the gym. He just learned how to fight on his own. And, like, he just, like, was born in the boxing gym. You know, Roger was in the gym sometimes. And me and Roger sparred one time. And, like, you know, he wasn't a big puncher when he first came out. When he was 126 pounds and I was 122. And we sparred, like, four rounds. And um, I, I don't think I hit him once. And I think he hit me a couple times. But he just ran all night long. He just run, run, run. And the next day, he asked me if I wanted to slide again. And I said, no, I, I already did my road, road work this morning. So he got mad at me, and we, we've never been friends since. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a dislike between us. I mean, they're not my favorite people. Uh, but uh, I have nothing against them. I think that I like that the dad's in the corner and not Roger because the dad gets stutters and gets really excited. And he really has he really has trouble getting his, getting the the information that he wants to get his fighter out. So I think it's a I think it's a plus for us and uh, um you know, I think Roger is the better trainer because he's been there longer, you know. So you know, that's just my opinion at this point. Uh let's move things back to the preparation that Manny has in front of him. There's been some talk that from the sparring partners that you guys wanted to get, you weren't able to get because they were told not to actually work with Manny. And I'm wondering, how has that been dealing with that situation and trying to get sparring partners that will help you prepare best for the fight? No, I, I got the guys I wanted. Um, you know, we, we, we were selecting good young fighters, undefeated fighters. We got one kid from uh, Finland. 
He's 24 and 1. We have one kid from Chicago. He's 8 0. We had one kid from uh, Boston, but he didn't work out. He can't make it. So we uh, we got we the guy from St. Louis, uh, Sims. So, um, yep. I've got some good young kids to back. I've got, I've got like, I've got like two too many actually. So I've got six really good guys. They're all with light Mayweather. And, you know, I do have only one that I have this, the one that I'm going to use in the last two weeks is one that used to work at Mayweather's gym and was part of Mayweather's camp. So he does the style really well. And he's, he's like my, my secret weapon right now. I mean, he's sitting in my house. We're talking about, you know, uh, strategy all night long. We film all night long. And uh, he's like, you know, he's glad that they really had this respect him. And they, they kind of just threw him, threw him aside. So uh, I try, I try, I took him on. I know, Freddie. One of the things he said about Manny Pacquiao, especially in recent years, is that he doesn't have the same power that he used to have. And in his last fight, he actually knocked down Chris Algieri six times, but he didn't score a knockout, and he hasn't had a KO win since his fight against Miguel Cotto. And I'm wondering, why do you think he hasn't had that knockout win all this time? Well, you know, when he gave up, when he, when he changed religion, he gave me, he, 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 there was a lot of things in his life that he, he, he really, he, that helped him. I mean, he made, he made himself a better, a better person. But, we lost a little bit of the killer instinct, and I know that. And uh, we, you know, we're trying to get get it back, of course. But the thing is, he, he looked he looked better with the Algerian fight. He's a little more aggressive. I I like I like that when he's aggressive. But then in this fight, for some reason, you know, I've never seen any Pacquiao fight a fight that he didn't like his opponent because he's a good guy. I've never seen him like dislike an opponent. And you know what? For some reason, he doesn't like Mayweather. And I like that a lot. So I think that's going to motivate him. And uh, I'm not sure if the knockout will come, but the thing is, um, I, he, the way he's working, it looks very good. Alfred, I want to quickly talk about one of your other fighters. Last year, you trained Miguel Cotto to a middleweight championship. And ever since then, people have been curious where he's going to go next. He recently signed with Rock Nation. I was wondering if you could give us some insight into what his future is looking like. Well, I talked to Miguel last night, Miguel and Gabby last night, and they're going to be in town next week. So and we're going to we're going to go over the opponents possibly uh, for his next fight, and uh, um, they do have uh, two dates for him coming up. Um, uh, so they told me, and I'm looking forward to working with them. And I did ask him about Mayweather a little bit. I said, you know, what was, like, the most difficult thing to deal with when you fought Mayweather? And he thought maybe it was his foot speed. And uh, so I, I really I relayed that to him, to me. And, you know, we're all on the same team. I mean, I, I, tra- I train both guys, and they, they support each other very well, even though there's a little bit of friction because they decide each other. So, you know, that, that's always, you know, it's, 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 we, we don't live in a perfect world. No, nobody, you know, forgives everybody all the way. So, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some, 
some tension there be, because they they have fought before him, and one guy won and one guy lost. But you know, me, me, but Miguel, you know, he's a great guy. He said that you will win the fight because of because you have Freddie Roach. So he says, you know, he knows that he knows how I come up with game plans. He knows that my game plan against him him is going to be. Really, really good, and really gonna follow the directions. And I feel, I feel we're gonna have a great night. So I'm very motivated. And uh, you know, Colo's getting he he'll after Backyard's fight. I, I probably won't get a break because I'm gonna uh, probably go right to camp with Miguel. And I can't wait to get back to work with Miguel because he is a dedicated guy. I love guys who work hard. Really, Backyard, Miguel Colo. Two of the best workers I've ever had in my life. Oh, Freddie, moving things back to the big fight that you have in front of you. Um, when we talk about the fight, we talk about each fighter's strengths. And from your perspective, I want you to tell me what you think the biggest strength Manny Pacquiao has going into this fight against Floyd. Well, his legs are his biggest strength because I feel like he, uh, he can move a lot better than, than Floyd can, can. And, you know, our in and out inside the side movement, I, I think he's going to have trouble with that. And, you know, when he, when, when he says, when he does that trap for, for Pacquiao, like he always does, um, maybe, maybe knows how to react to that, and, um, it's not going to work for, for him so well. So, um, you know, I love, I love the Indian fight. I know we're in a must win situation, but the thing is, I'm very, very confident that we're going to win this fight. All right, now let's turn things around to Floyd Mayweather's strengths. What do you think are his biggest strengths that he brings into the ring? Well, you know, Mayweather, yeah, he's very fast. I mean, he his favorite punches and jabs to the body. Um, I think the punch is a little bit too long. Um, I, I I know how to beat that punch. If he does it, he, he might get knocked out right there. But, and then... He reaches, he reaches a lot with his punches. He, he, he's always uh, like pulling away as he, as he, as he's trying to throw a punch forward. So, um, I'm not really. I know he's undefeated in the good fight, but you know, he, you look at his record. Like he picked Joe, he picked Joe to the opponents. I mean, there's no real like big big names on his resume. I mean, like. I, I don't think he's a great fighter. I think I, I think Pacquiao is a better fighter. I tell you, one of the things I'm curious about in regards to this fight is if there's any sort of rematch clause. If Manny Pacquiao wins this fight against Floyd, do you think we'll see a rematch? Well, there's no rematch clause, no over, but you know what? This fight's so big that I think uh, it, you know, it, it, if it goes like I, I, I think it will, and they, they, they both start early, they both go for the night knockout early because Floyd, I think his legs are going to go. So I know he's going to start quick, and we're going to start quick also. I think we're going to catch him. So I think I, I really think that we really, I think the fans will really demand that. So um, I would love a rematch because I, I I like making money, so it's pretty good. Well, Freddie, in closing. What is your official prediction for May 2nd, Mayweather versus Pacquiao? You know, I, I think we need to win my knockout, and um, uh, I, I don't have a round, but we got to break him down first, and uh, I think in the, in, in the later rounds, I believe they will lock him out. 
All right, well, Freddie, it's been a great pleasure having you once again return to On the Ropes. I thank you for your time, and I wish you all the best of luck on May 2nd. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Jay. Take care of yourself and enjoy your fight. It's going to be great. All right, that was Freddie Roach talking about the big super fight that is Mayweather versus Pacquiao, talking about the preparations that Manny Pacquiao has made so far, and also giving his opinions on Floyd Sr. and Floyd Jr. himself. Um, you know, it was a, a great pleasure speaking to Freddie, especially talking about a fight of this magnitude. I mean, you know, I've done this show since 2008, and one of the fights that I've talked about the most, absolutely pretty much almost every week in every show, was Mayweather versus Pacquiao. And, you know, the fact that it's finally happening, you know, you can tell not just that I'm excited, but Freddie Roach himself is very excited. I mean, this is the fight that he's been waiting for, the fight of his whole career. This is what he puts his legacy on as a trainer not just having Manny Pacquiao, the eighth division world champion, but this fight. I mean, to win a fight like this, you know, it's something very special. And you can tell that Freddie is doing everything in his power to get Manny Pacquiao prepared to a point where he can win it. He seems very confident that Manny Pacquiao can do what everyone else hasn't been able to do, and that's put a loss on Floyd Mayweather Jr. And uh, as I said, you know, Freddie's very confident. You know, he says that he believes that Manny Pacquiao is a better fighter, a greater fighter, that Floyd is, you know, that Floyd has slowed down, that his legs are what they used to be, that the biggest advantage that Manny Pacquiao has is his legs, that, you know, he is the same fighter that he used to be, and he believes that Floyd's a lesser fighter. So, I mean, everything is set for a great event. You know, I mean, all the buzz is there. We don't need a 24-7. We don't need these guys having a billion conferences all around the world to promote it. The fight's promoted itself. I mean, just everything is set. I mean, Floyd... You know, if the fight had happened years ago, he wouldn't have his father in the corner. You know, he believes that he's a better fighter having his father now. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, he's had Freddie Roach all these years. Him and Freddie seem to have the tightest bonds uh, that they've ever had. Um, Manny Pacquiao seems like in his last fight that he got that killer instinct back a little bit. So, I mean, the stage is set. The fight is set. May 2nd. As a boxing fan, I can't wait for it. I know that it can't possibly live up to all the hype that's been building for it, but I still believe... It's going to be a great event, and, uh, you know, I think fight fans are definitely going to be in for a treat. All right, well, let's move things now to the upcoming week's fight schedule. And while there wasn't anything last weekend, there is something this weekend for fight fans to watch. It will be on Showtime. It is a doubleheader, and it's a very good doubleheader. In the main event, we'll see Johnny Gonzalez versus Gary Russell Jr. It will be for Gonzalez's WBC featherweight title. And, you know, if people haven't seen Johnny Gonzalez, he's one of those fighters that, you know, he packs the punch. He knocked out Abner Morris. He's one of those guys that can knock you out any single round. And with the fighter that he's facing, this could be kind of like a cat-and-mouse game, you know, where he's going to have to chase down Gary Russell Jr. Because he's a very good boxer. He's got excellent hand speed, uh, moves well in the ring. So, you know, it's a very intriguing fight to me. And it's one that, you know, we might see some surprises. It might be very close. I actually don't think Johnny Gonzalez is going to knock out Gary Russell Jr., I think it's going to go the distance, and I think it's actually going to be a very close decision, but I'm going to give the edge to champion, Johnny Gonzalez, to come away the title bout and, uh, you know, maybe move on to bigger and better things. But on the same card, there's actually another good fight, and that's Jamel Charlo versus Venus Monterosian. Now, this is a very good fight at the 154-pound division. Charlo, you know, is a guy that's been waiting to get his title shot, had a few things come in the way of it, didn't happen, Venus Monterosian. I mean, he's been in the ring with Eris Lundy-Lore, Demetrius Andre. You know, he's shown him that he's, you know, a very talented guy. 
got a really good skill set. He's coming off of a win over um, Willie Nelson. So, you know, he's coming off of a, a good performance. Obviously, Jamel Charles still undefeated. So this fight here, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, uh, it's a very good fight. And for me, if I got to pick a winner, I'm going to go with Jamel Charles just because I think he's a little better technical fighter. But I think it's going to be another very close fight, another fight that goes the distance. And one, you know, could be like a split decision. I think it's just going to be that close of a fight. Um, but, you know, Vance Marosian, tough guy, doesn't give in, doesn't quit. So I think that will be another good fight for the fight fans this week. All right, well, that does it for this week's show. I'd like to thank all three of my guests, Terrence Crawford, Tony Harrison, and, of course, Freddie Roach. It was a pleasure speaking to all of them. I'd also like to thank our show sponsor, iboboxing.com. Guys, if you haven't checked out their website before, Check it out. You can check out all their latest rankings. You can check out, you know, their latest news with their champions. There's a guy by the name of Ray Loretto who, you know, doesn't have a dazzling record. His record right now is 20 and 13. He's coming off of three straight upset wins and two upset wins over a guy that was a former champion. So, you know, check him out. Check out their website. I definitely think you guys will be pleased with that. And uh, also, guys, if you can check out websites, make sure you check out www ontheropesboxing.com. That's where you guys can catch up with all the latest news with On The Ropes Boxing Radio. You can find the latest podcasts, find the latest interviews, not just for myself, but our other writers. And, uh, you know, just keep yourself the most well-informed you can with On The Ropes. And uh, besides that, I just want to thank all you fans for tuning in this week. Hope you guys tune into the next one. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.